Handle on the News. Handle on the News! Shut up, Bill. Sound like a dying donkey, weirdo. And now, here's Bill Handel. KFI uh, Handel here, and uh, good morning on a Friday. Friday's here, and uh, we have a, a big show for you. Like Ed Sullivan. How many people know Ed, Ed Sullivan? It's a really big show. It's a really big shoe. Shoe. It's a big shoe. <laughs> we have. Yes. And now here's Topo Gigio. Yeah. Sarai, <laughs> Sarai. <clears throat> okay. I have just a weird, uh, that's just an obscure reference. Okay. Uh, let's say hello. Hi. Uh, I have a message for you, Handel. Jennifer Jones Lee. Yes, ma'am. On National Donut Day. Oh, yeah. There it is. It says you are a sprinkle donut in a world of plain bagels. That's a message from somebody? Yeah. That's, or is uh, that like a meme that you found? That's from me to you. Yeah, but that's... Oh, wait a it's sec. my t-shirt. I'm a sprinkled donut in a world of plain bagels. Plain bagels are so much better than sprinkled donuts. What is wrong with you? Plain bagels are, are life itself. They're the elixir. Well, the elixir actually is uh, the cream cheese, uh, but it was... They're the vessel yeah. which conveys the elixir of yeah, life. Yeah, I, Today we have a, a fun, fun donut uh, episode. And uh, there is uh, Jennifer Jones Lee announced that when Neil comes in, uh, we're going to do a donut test and find out the best donuts in Southern California. It'll be a blind test. It's very where Neil and I will uh, actually we're inviting a group of blind people uh, in to uh, test our donuts. <clears throat> no, do I have that I, wrong? Uh, yeah, I think so. I okay. think it's just going to be you and Neil. Oh, okay, fair enough. And uh, there's Wayne. <laughs> morning, Alex. Good morning. And where's Morgan's arm? Not here. Oh, Morgan's off today? Oh, Morgan's arm is gone today. All right. See, I can't see very well. There's glare. There is glare. Uh, And John is there. There's John. John is there. John is always there. Okay. Uh, What else we have going on? Eh, National Donut Day. It's a big deal. Huge stories that we're covering today. First of all, the Samantha B story in, in and versus Roseanne, and we're going to talk a lot about that. Well, uh, an entire segment coming at seven o'clock, and the hypocrisy—the hypocrisy word—is being thrown about. There is a fundamental difference between Samantha B. and Roseanne, and those tweets. And I'll talk about that at seven o'clock. Also, North Korea. Mike Pompeo said, uh, "You know what? The, the summit uh, may not happen. No certainty on the twelfth. Although it's going to happen." And uh, uh, and then Kim. Uh, Chi is the spy chief. Uh, the for uh, Chol? pardon, Chol. Oh, I thought it was Kim Chi. Oh no, 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 no. Anyway, he meets uh, with President Trump today. Well, let's just do it, guys. You ready? Let's do it. Late story. Samantha B is facing mounting criticism of calling Ivanka Trump a feckless. Punt, except not using the letter P, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yes, we pretty, get it. Pretty, yeah, and that's pretty disgusting. Uh, during uh, her show, Full Frontal, and uh, it's, uh, she's not been fired yet. I'm going to do more about this at 7 o'clock. She has not been fired. The word hypocrisy is being thrown all over the place, except, and at 7 o'clock I'll cover this, I will, I understand, and there is such a fundamental difference between those two. Okay. A lot. By the way, uh, a lot of it may be uh, sixty pounds. Wow. 
You are on fire this morning. Man. Hey, I can, I'm allowed to do fat jokes because I am, okay? Okay, I can do, there's well, several kinds of jokes. Body shaming is okay because oh, of me. Of here me. we go. Okay, let's just move on. Yes, Jew jokes because you're a Jew. That's bald right. jokes because you're bald. That's correct. What about ugly feet jokes because you're wearing sandals today? I'm, can oh, you make I'm, those? Oh. Summer, uh, summer uniform is in. Yeah. Cargo shorts. And... Watch out, people on Instagram who right. follow the Instagram at Bill right. Handel Show because in uh, a few minutes from now, you're right. going to see his summer uniform. Yep, and of course, Handel Mandels. If, get those, if you still have Mandel. your uh, special glasses <laughs> left over from the eclipse, you're going to want to put them on. All right, let's move. All right. Do you have any jokes about retaliatory <laughs> tariffs? Because <laughs> that's all I got. Because Mexico and Canada are mad. The way the gates are Saying it's Macron says, uh, you know, in France, they were calling it yesterday a mistake. And yep. he was saying that, you know, this was nationalism war. And now you've got Mexico and Canada who are like, okay, you want to play? We'll play. So we've oh. had things taxed like... Apples and grapes, whiskey, orange yeah. juice. We're going to, uh, I'm going to talk more about this because uh, I have really mixed feelings about that. We're going to a trade war. There's no question. We're going now, now is who's going to get hurt, who's not. Some people are going to be helped. And uh, what's, uh, it, Mexico, uh, it, the tariff is on uh, Mexican steel, yeah, uh, Mexican aluminum. Uh, the tariffs are on uh, what uh, Mexico brings into this country. Uh, tariff on diarrhea. Uh, there are tariffs <laughs> on. Let's just move on. This can be the whole morning. Oh, what? <laughs> it's, it's what did Friday. you have for it's breakfast? Friday. <clears throat> are you the, Are you excited because John Thomas is coming in today? Well, and you're that's always to see funny. John Thomas. Uh, that's one of the things. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. excited. And, and Neil, Neil, some of my favorite people. Okay. So you're basically a giddy little boy. Today. I am absolutely giddy, and my summer uniform. Oh. And donuts. You know who's not acting like a giddy little boy? Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who Ooh, says, as sec- you just pointed out, the summit might not be uh, ready in time for June 12th. Yeah, he said, he's not, I mean, it's not like dark doom and gloom. He said, we're making great progress, but there's still a lot of things to work out. June 12th is fast approaching. It yep. might not be, uh, we might be able to do it then. Yep. And also, he met with that uh, the former spy chief, Kim Young Chol. And, oh, I forgot where I saw this now, but somebody was talking about what they had for dinner. And this is how yeah, they, they, they described the dinner as steak, corn, and cheese. I go figure. I don't go know. Go figure. Mike Pompeo is an interesting guy. We should do a, a background check on him. This is one. No, no, we should actually do a story. I think he's been vetted. Yeah, I think so. We should do a story. because this. He, I'll start following yeah, him around. He is one uh, heavy duty Secretary of State on several different levels. Okay. Was that another. Yeah, pretty much. I think it was supposed to be corn souffle. And I like how Pompeo turned something beautiful into corn and cheese. I love corn souffle. <laughs> corn souffle is tremendously good stuff. But would you ever say, hey, Marjorie, cook me up some corn and cheese? <sighs> no. No, it, it's corn. It's cheesy corn souffle is not that good because it overpowers the sort of subtleness of a corn souffle. Just, just say it. I sound like Neil. We'll take a break and come back. All right, we're back. Handle and the morning crew. Uh, more handle on the news. Uh, oh, uh, big controversy. Uh, probably the biggest controversy of the day. 
and that is uh, what kind of corn was eaten at the dinner between uh, Mike Pompeo and uh, Kim Young Chol meeting in New York. It was reported uh, Mike Pompeo simply said it was corn. We talked about it being corn souffle. L.A. Times describes it as uh, corn puree. Oh, puree, puree with cheese, or is the cheese a completely separate menu item? I think they're mis- I think they're mixing it up because there was also uh, buffalo milk uh, cheese. Oh, burrata, buffalo milk cheese. Ooh, so I, I see. Yeah, yeah. So they're mixing. So it. that's the meal: a steak, yeah. corn puree. Were they in a, in a rest home? Bought mozzarella, buffalo <laughs> bill. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it was. And uh, the buffalo bu- mozzarella. Yeah, the buffalo mozzarella. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a controversy. We wow. can go on with a few other uh, items. Uh, oh, and then uh, it, we'll just go past this one. We already talked about it. Secretary, Secretary of State says he doesn't know if, in fact, the summit will take place uh, June 12th, date-wise. Well, we don't know that this is going to happen, but there are a couple big names being floated for pardons. I mean, I think we can assume that... Martha Stewart and former Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich are going to be pardoned. I think we can assume that's going to happen. Uh, it's, I don't even know where, where is the president going with this? I pardons, don't understand. Pardons or commutation? Well, no, Stewart's pardons. out. Outright pardons. Stewart's out. Oh, they're both out. No, Blagojevich is still in jail. I think Blagojevich, I, he got 17 years and uh, he went into jail in uh, 2012. So I think he's still sitting in jail. Because this, this headline says commutations. That again, that could just be the. They I think, don't. They don't. Yeah, know that I think. I think separate. they're straight out pardons. That's what I've seen. Is yeah. they're straight out pardons. Yeah. and so. it, it's uh, wonderful what uh, the president said, particularly about uh, Rod Blagojevich. Eighteen years in jail for being stupid and saying things that every other politician, you know, that many other politicians say. There's a quote, and if you look at what he said, he says something to the effect like, "What I do get stupid thing to say." But he's sort of saying he's going to make a U.S. senator, which is a very big deal, and it was foolish. 18 years now, and then he went on and on. Uh, now, there is a, there, you're right, I'm going to make you a senator. Okay, that is, I don't know if that's stupid or not. Uh, Blagojevich says, I'm going to sell you Obama's seat. You think there's a difference? Yeah. And did you hear Rudy Giuliani made some comment, too, about Martha Stewart, where he, you know, considering her lying, and he said, well, lying isn't necessarily black and white. Um... Well, there are white lies, and then there are black lies, but there are, uh, well, yes. But in lie, this you case, either tell but the in truth this or case, you don't. But in this case, Martha Seward did the cover-up. She lied about the stock and the stock sale that she had. Yeah. And she had inside information, and she would have gotten a slap on the wrist. She would have been convicted of a misdemeanor uh, had she just fessed up to what she did. Instead, she lies, covers it up. Felony jail time. I think she only did four months, right? Oh, yeah, at Camp Cupcake. Right. And now she's the latest uh, Food Network judge on Chopped. Uh, wow. In Fullerton, <laughs> a woman stabbed her therapist with a knife, holed up in the office with the therapist still in there as a hostage. The police came in, knocked down the door, and shot the uh, yeah. the attacker to death. Yes, I'm uh, now, the, the husband a, of the therapist has said she's, she's in good shape. She's okay. She is, yeah. And I, I can understand this. I've had some therapists that I didn't like. And, uh, you know, I mean, you have to look at the other side of this. I think I think you just find another therapist, though. Oh, uh, maybe. Well, most of us them. just change. Yeah. Also, therapist. what knife and where was the knife? And did she show up to the appointment with a knife? Or did know. the therapist have a knife 
sitting on. I mean, I don't understand how the knife got into play here. Maybe she just brought a knife. Maybe with she her. did. Yeah. Oh man. So now you have to go through metal detectors before your uh, therapy appointments. Well, the boy who was shot in Palmdale at is now suing the school district. And we've got guns in our school. Suing the Antelope Valley High School District. He was shot at Highland High last month, and here's what he says. He says he never expected it to happen. Now that I did get shot, I don't even like feel like going to any other school because it happened at one school, and it could happen at another. That's true, but uh, so it's homeschooling, I guess, because it's not going to happen at home? Well, the whole family, I guess, is suing because the lawsuit is also filed on behalf of the boy's sister who says she was traumatized yeah, and watching her brother get shot. And against now. the uh, school district. Now, uh, the lawyer said uh, that what the family really wants is the school district to set up a safety plan, train security guards, uh, actually protect students, have at least one school resource officer on the ca- uh, on campus. That's what they want. Not the $15 million they're suing for. That they don't want. Right? Right. Okay. Uh, we will be coming back. In the meantime... Baby, when they KFI Handle, it is a uh, Friday morning, first day of June. And on the Instagram, I'm wearing, um, celebrating uh, June with uh, my uh, summer uniform is now kicked in. Don't go look at it while you're eating breakfast. Uh, it's absolutely true. On Instagram at Bill Handle right. Show. Also, Law Day 2018 is coming Saturday, June 16th from 9 to 2 p.m. at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com. Free legal advice in virtually every field of law. I'll be broadcasting Handle on the Law live from 9 to 11 a.m. there. Attend free seminars, win prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day, sponsored by Cunning Dental. If you have loose or missing teeth, call Cunning Dental for a free exam and CT scan. Call 888-640-SMILE. That's Law Day, Saturday, June 16th. All right, back we go. More handle on the news. Uh, Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Man in Florida was shot to death by police. The family sued, and uh, the jury has come in with their verdict. Four dollars. One dollar for funeral expenses. One dollar for each of his children's loss of parental companionship. And that's it. They found the cop who shot him not liable at all. The sheriff of the county, they found 1% responsible. Yeah. And the guy who got shot, 99% responsible for getting shot. So uh, this is uh, the issue of comparative liability. California has the same thing. It's a question of percentage. Uh, if a case is worth $100,000... And one side or the other, uh, they split up the percentages. If the jury or the fact finder, the judge, feels that the plaintiff is 60% responsible, uh, the plaintiff only gets 40% of the money. And uh, in other states, it's uh, if uh, someone is 51% responsible or not, it goes that way 100%. Uh, It depends on the state. Every jurisdiction is different. So, right. so because it was four dollars in damages, and because uh, the, that's the one sheriff percent. was one, so the sheriff is on the hook for four cents. Yes, and then there's a finding. I don't know how it works in Florida, but there was a finding that the guy who got shot to death was drunk at the time, and because of that, the sheriff doesn't even have to pay the four cents. 
by statute. Yep. Interesting. And it, it's, a, it's a weird case. Uh, they're going after their – it's a domestic dispute. Someone calls about screaming. Uh, the cops show no, up. No, he was blasting – he lives across the street from a school. Oh, that's right. It was and blasting And he was noise. blasting uh, a Drake song that's full of N-word and F-word. And at across the street at the school, a woman was picking up her kid, hears this music blasting, calls the cops. They show up, and uh, this guy, he starts to open the garage door. They say he had a gun, but he starts to open the garage door, and then he closes it, and a deputy shot him to death through the garage door. Now, it, see, I would think there would be huge liability with that. And did they ever find a gun? It doesn't say, say here if they ever did. Because even if he had a gun... Uh, it's at that point, is it a risk? If you, well, if he's if, here's the deal if you can shoot at him through the door, he, he can, can shoot, shoot at you, you through the door. But yeah. there was, I'd still, I can't imagine a jury would not find tremendous liability, but uh, that's juries. But this is Florida, too. Well, this one's North Carolina, where police are testing recording devices, cameras on the muzzles of guns. The Hill Devil Hills Police Department. I know, now, I thought, wow, of okay. all places. Yeah, now, uh, a little historical side note. Kill Devil Hills. You know something about oh, Kill Devil absolutely. Hills? Oh, absolutely. This is where the Wright brothers had their first manned flight. No kidding. I know it's Kitty Hawk, but the yeah. actual physical location was Kill Devil Hills. The things you teach us. There you Andy. go. Hey. Seriously. A little obscure historical fact. This system is expensive, but it's a great idea because that is absolutely the best vantage point. Because you're right there. If you to see it from the uh, the perspective of the, the gun, gun itself, yeah, it's the gun sight, effectively. So, absolutely. Audio tapes have. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was sorry when you said it was pricey. It's five hundred to seven hundred dollars. Yeah. Audio tapes of Michael Cohen have surfaced, making legal threats against a journalist. Cohen, me, Cohen, you. <laughs> Says two. Uh, it's a reporter named Tim Mack, and uh, he works for NPR now, but he wrote a story for the Daily Beast. And in that story, he referenced an incident from a book that somebody else wrote called Lost Tycoon, The Many Lives of Donald J. Trump. And it's basically uh, Trump's first wife said that he raped her once and uh, that there was a violent assault. So Cohen calls him up and basically is screaming at him, cursing at him, saying you can't rape your spouse. Wrong. Right. You in- can. Incorrect. You certainly right. can. And that he's basically going to sue the reporter out of existence. I will take you for every penny you still don't have. And man, Michael Cohen sounds like the worst kind of New York thug in this phone call. Lovely. Well, we now have a new chair of the USC Board of Trustees. It's Rick Caruso. Already leading the special committee overseeing right. the investigation into the sexual misconduct at the Student Health Center. Right. He's uh, the mall magnet. Yeah. And uh, he is, uh, what, the uh, he has uh, the Grove, uh, the Glendale. Americana. Uh, Americana. Glendale. I mean, he's got a lot of them. So now they brought him in. Uh, he's got a pretty good reputation. Uh, the only issue is uh, that uh, he is arguing to turn USC into a mall. And uh, the school is saying, wait a minute, you know, we're not going to go that far. Knock down these dorms. We need to put a cheesecake factory Uh, up here. Sure. (laughs) All right, guys, let's take a break uh, and we'll come back and uh, finish it up. And it's 
KFI handle here on a uh, Friday morning. Oh, you know where I'm interviewing uh, at 8 o'clock? James Clapper. James Clapper. Oh, great. Yeah. And the lights are going to keep going yeah. on and off during the interview. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Former director of national intelligence. Head honcho. Hates Donald Trump. Wow, what a shocker. An intelligence guy hating Donald Trump, right? I like to see an intelligence guy who likes Donald Trump. All right, back we go. Let's finish up. Handle on the news. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. I know you're going to be talking about the USC gynecologist who is now being criminally investigated for uh, what he did to all of his patients. Well, a UCLA cardiologist has been stripped of his medical license. State regulators describing him as a sexual predator. Yep, another one. Another doctor. Dr. Guillermo Andres Cortez. Uh, an administrative law judge ruled that he presents a risk of immediate and serious injury to the public if he's allowed to continue working as a doctor. And so they stripped him his li- license temporarily. Right. He's, he entitled, to a full, and... he's entitled to a full hearing, uh, which he will get, uh, which he certainly uh, will appear at and argue how he should keep his medical license. But that's a tough one. And they don't, it's very rare when the medical board yanks a license. I mean, you've got to do a lot of bad stuff. Well, and I think, too, that investigators think more women might come forward. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's probably part of it. Yeah, yeah. so the allegation actually is bad stuff. If you read, He read sexually it. assaulted coworkers, they're saying, including one of them multiple times. Mm. Well, kind of good news for L.A. County, but not so kind of good news for other areas in SoCal. When it comes to the homeless, L.A. County's homeless numbers fell 3% and went from 53,000 to about 50,000 people. But while that went down slightly, other places saw increases, like San Fernando Valley saw a 6% increase in homelessness. San Gabriel Valley saw a similar increase, 5%. South Bay saw 3%. So it's kind of a good news, bad news. Of course, you have all the officials still huge. Still huge. 50,000 people yeah on it's 52 or 53,000 homeless i mean it's it's crazy yep the head of the chamber of commerce says that president trump's trade policies could uh, put up to two and a half million maybe even more u.s yeah. jobs at risk oh trade will and he breaks it down and he's using outside uh, research nafta if we get rid of nafta that's as many as 1.8 million jobs in the first year the China tariffs, just the China tariffs, 134,000 jobs. Generally, the steel and aluminum tariffs, 470,000 jobs. Autos and auto parts, 157,000 yeah, jobs. A, a lot of people. And now some people are going to win. It's always the case when you throw up tariffs because they're protectionists. So you got the steel and the aluminum folks. They're just jumping up and down with joy because uh, they're, not going to, they're not going to compete anymore with uh, the various countries that produce aluminum steel. Mexico, a big one, by the way. People don't think of Mexico uh, providing steel. Uh, but the problem is that the retaliatory tariffs are going to nail the Trump's base. And that is going to be very interesting because you're going to see a lot of people losing their jobs. And uh, you have to be very careful uh, at whose jobs you lose. And we're talking about mid-America. Uh, the, it's just going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. I think it's going to nail him. I truly do. On the other side, he's saying, you know, I'm just sick and tired of, being, of the United States being uh, totally bamboozled and taken advantage of. And he's right. 
I don't know which way you go on this one. Yeah, there are a lot of people saying he didn't have a choice. Yeah. If you take the premise that he says, we're done. We're done with China and these other countries running rough, rough shot over us. Although the tariffs exclude China right now that are kicking in. It's Mexico, Canada. It's the UE. It's not China. See, the messaging is not clear on who's bamboozling us yeah. that we need to go after. Well, I think we all need to move to Vermont because we'd get an extra $10,000 if we work remotely from home. Moonlight in Vermont. They need people. There aren't enough workers there. No, they say, please come to Vermont because we've got a deal for you. So if you work remotely, Vermont... But live in Vermont. Well, you would have to live... Yeah, live in Vermont. You would get an extra $10,000 if you're willing to move to Vermont. So... So you've got to be a you've got to be a full time employee from an out of state business, work primarily from home or a co working space, and become a full time resident on or after January first of twenty nineteen. Now, uh, total this I love this stat uh, for next year. The total grants <laughs> is a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. So at ten people, that is uh, twelve people. Uh, right. Well, it's five thousand a year. Yeah, but over but He's, over the course of uh, so one hundred twenty five a year divided by five. Uh, by five. Twenty. It's twenty five people. Twenty five people. I have that wrong. Which seems very very low, but considering it's Vermont, that would double yeah. the employment base. <laughs> well, now they're gonna if you get if you get twenty five people to move there, they're gonna have traffic jams. Uh, that's true. Uh, and uh, you, uh, let's quickly do this one. Yeah, uh, Disneyland has announced uh, a proposed wage offer. They say it's a 36% increase for their workers over three years, and they're doing this just a couple of days before Bernie Sanders is set to meet with the Disneyland unions. And maybe they're worried that he is really going to froth them up. Oh, of course he And is. if they can make a deal before he shows up, uh, good for the company. That's now, it. They're gonna. They're by 2020. They'll be making 15 dollars an hour. Now uh, that beats the state minimum uh, by two years. So this is not a huge, insane deal, uh, but uh, it's uh, certainly better than than nothing. And the Disney employees, uh, there, there's been a contention between Disney employees. Uh, Walt Disney, for example, when the uh, when the workers became unionized, he went berserk. He went nuts. When Disneyland first unionized, uh, or even attempted to unionize, uh, he was a, a, a rabid anti-unionist. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're done. Uh, coming up, uh, the tariffs and the retaliation threats. Oh, I'm sorry. So, yeah, I misread that. Okay, uh, something far more important than tariffs and uh, people, hundreds, millions of people losing their jobs. Samantha B versus Roseanne. Yep. How about that? Hypocrisy? Uh, that's the argument. I'm going to tell you why it happened and why. Big difference between Roseanne and Samantha B. All right, that's coming right up. KFI AM 640. Handle here on a uh, Friday morning. Ah, uh, yes. So much going on. First of all, let me tell you that it's Free Movie Friday with Adam Tickets. They're giving you a chance at free movie tickets, so you can text them now. Reporter to Adam1, A-T-O-M-1, for your chance to win is the Adam Tickets app. 
You can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions from all of your phone, and uh, skip uh, from your phone, all of it from your phone. Good for you, Bill. And skip the lines. All right. Uh, The tweet war and uh, the argument, the allegation of hypocrisy. All right. It starts with Roseanne Barr, right? She tweets, and uh, this was Wednesday, and uh, regarding Valerie Jarrett, uh, Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby, equaling VJ, Valerie Jarrett. Okay, uh, within two hours, ABC fires her. Gone, cancels the hottest show they had, the reboot of Roseanne, the Roseanne Barr show. I had already uh, been contracted for a second season. I mean, it was a hit. Gone, Chow Baby, finished. Okay, the next day, Samantha B uh, has her show, Full Frontal. And she quotes, she says on her show during her monologue, uh, and this is in reference to uh, President Trump's uh, policy on immigration, separating uh, the kids from the parents. And uh, Ivanka had this picture that she tweeted out or she put on Instagram. And it is of her holding her uh, son, who's a toddler, and saying, this is my love, something along those lines. And so Samantha B says, you know, Ivanka, that's a beautiful photo of you and your child. But let me say, one mother to another, do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless, and then the C word. He listens to you. Of course, there was an explosion there, too. And Roseanne loses her show. Samantha B does not lose her show. And Samantha B is just rabidly anti-Trump. Roseanne is pro-Trump. And so clearly the Republicans, the pro-Trump people are saying, see, look at the hypocrisy. The anti-Trump person keeps her show and the pro-Trump Roseanne loses her Wow, there's your hypocrisy. Okay, with that being said, there are two main reasons or several reasons why it happened just the way it happened. And I can see it. The way I feel about it, actually, I couldn't care less about Roseanne. I think the show is horrible. And uh, as far as Samantha B's show, I don't watch it. So, no big deal either way. But I think the politics of this are very important. And to understand that it goes, as usual, much deeper. It's never, no, nothing is ever what it is on its face. So, what are the differences that would make Roseanne's show be instantly canceled? Well, what Roseanne tweeted was pure racism. That's it. From top to bottom, racist what samantha b said was a personal attack using a very vulgar term there is a difference between that and racism because that's simply where we are today once that line is crossed that line is crossed using vulgar terms is much more expect accepted than an than a racist phrase 
The other thing is it's ABC versus TBS. ABC is owned by Disney. TBS is owned by Turner. ABC is network. TBS is cable. And a company like Disney is going to be much, much more sensitive than anybody on cable. And so Samantha B at this point has not been fired, although it depends on the number of advertisers that bail out of her show. Because in the end, it's all about money. And so what ABC had to do is it had no choice. TBS still has a choice. It may may or may not happen, but uh, the the people that are arguing hypocrisy you know, are not getting into the weeds here. And it's all about the weeds. It's all about Disney. It's all about network. It's all about racism, uh, which is considered far worse in today's society than simply vulgar terms. And I think that is a lot of explaining. And there's something about Disney. You know, Disney, when it picked up ABC, it kept uh, Radio Disney, of course, and ESPN. It got rid of all of the rest of its radio group. And why is that? Well, because Disney, number one, is not into radio. And number two, nuts, wants nothing but does not want controversy at all. And guess what talk radio is about? It's controversy. And ABC and Disney bailed out of that so quickly your head would spin. Let me give you an analogy. Disney buys a company, acquires some kind of a media company, in which there is a division that distributes porn, for example. And, it, and that happens to be the most prop, profitable part of the business that they buy. What do you think Disney's going to do? Unload it so fast you won't even notice it, and it, the money doesn't matter when you're talking about Disney. So when it comes to Roseanne and after what she after what she said, the money doesn't matter. That you have to t- put that into perspective. That's why Roseanne Barr had to be fired, and why Samantha B has not been fired yet. And as of right now. Samantha B has lost one advertiser. A second. Oh, now. who just bailed out? Auto Trader. Oh, that, State I thought, Farm and Auto Trader. All right. So that's two out of how many? Does two cut it? I don't know. If, if there's enough, there are enough advertisers that bail, uh, I think she's gone. Uh, and not because, I, I don't think Turner cares. I mean, this is cable. I mean, the stuff that said, uh, John Oliver, you ever watch him? I mean, every other word is the uh, F word, and uh, he describes... Uh, Trump and the administration in the most vulgar terms you could ever imagine. But that's cable. That's what they do. All right. So there. There's a, more to it than just, oh, it's hypocrisy. Uh, it's really not. Because there's just, it's too many moving pieces. All right. Uh, coming up, talking about moving pieces. Tariffs and retaliation. And man, uh, I got to tell you one thing. Trump has balls. If nothing else, he really does. This is KFI. Cause I'm lost in the way you move, the way you feel. One kiss is all it takes. Falling in love with me. Possibilities. I look like all you need. One kiss is all it takes. KFI handle here. And a uh, good morning. On a Friday, uh, some of the biggest stories we're covering. Samantha B versus Roseanne. 
apply is Roseanne fired, was fired, and Samantha B has not been. Hypocrisy, nope. Just did a whole segment on it, and you can go on the podcast. Uh, North Korea, are they going to go for it? Mm, we don't know. And then tariffs, and that's all I'm going to do right now. The big tariffs. And uh, you bet, yesterday, President announced the tariffs kicking in uh, almost immediately. Uh, tariffs on steel and aluminum from Europe, Mexico, and Canada. And as we talked about, it's going to be retaliation time. It's trade war uh, because all of those countries, Europe, Mexico, and Canada, they're going to go tit for tat. It's just like whenever you have a diplomat being tossed out of one country, the retaliation, uh, the same number are tossed out of uh, the other country and the same level. If it's an ambassador, the ambassador on the other side goes. If it's a counselor official, it's the same level of counselor official. Same thing here. Now, it's not going to be on the same products because, obviously, products are different. But uh, the big ones are steel and aluminum. That's where it all kicks off. Now, uh, trade war is going to ensue. I mean, there's no question we're right on top of it right now. And I've got mixed feelings on this uh, because, number one, I think trade wars are stupid. I think tariffs are stupid. Uh, when you argue free trade, uh, free trade is free trade, which means no tariffs. However, uh, the president, uh, during his campaigning, said that you have countries, interesting enough, particular China, and China's exempt. It's being held separately. It's being handled in a whole separate uh, category. But the president said, you know what? I'm tired of uh, these other countries economically running roughshod on us. And we just lay down and let it happen. The most powerful economy in the world. And we just invite unfair trade practices. Which is true. And he goes, I'm standing up to it. And what are his choices when you think about it? Uh, Effectively doing this. Wait, we're going to go to war? Is that what we're going to do? Are we going to stop all trade with a given country? Are we going to try to impose some kind of sanctions? Of course not. So now the choice is, what happens? And here is the choice he has. And this is where I said, this man's got some balls. Is he is now paying, playing chicken with the rest of the world. Economically. Morally, he's absolutely right. There is no question. Had Hillary been elected, it nothing would have changed. We have to deal with China. We're good guys. These are our allies. And it doesn't matter if the trade is so unfair to us. And when we're talking about unfair trade practices, for example, NAFTA, which he wants to bail out of. You know, there are, just a quick example, Department of Transportation, right, has very strict regulations of trucking here in the United States. Mexico has no regulations, on trucking, pollution, tires that are bald, braking systems. They don't care. Inspections, they don't give a rats. Under NAFTA, they're allowed into the country. And Department of Transportation rules don't apply. Well, of course, people who pay employees nothing have old crappy trucks. It's going to be cheaper to ship with those. And with China, for example, and well, mainly China, the unfair practices of, for example, their steel and aluminum, the uh, the country of China subsidized the steel and aluminum. 
They sold steel and aluminum to this country, particularly steel, at less than the cost that we can even manufacture it. Forget about the profit. Because the government was they engaged in dumping. What, what do you do with that? Other than say, you stop this crap. And China says, well, of course we'll stop it. Yes, we'll talk. Of course we'll negotiate. They do that all the time. Well, let's start negotiations. Okay, we'll do that. We promise. Uh, well, yeah, you have a point, uh, United States. And this just goes on and on and on. In the meantime, steel industry, industry here is screwed. Now you're talking about the other side, the trade war. Trade wars mean tariffs mean some industries are going to be protected. They're going to win, and other industries are going to lose. And in the case of Americans, who is going to lose? Our farmers, for example, soybean farmers, which is half of Kansas, half of uh, the uh, uh, mid-America states. Those farmers are not thrilled about that. Their market disappears. Manufacturing, motorcycles, for example. Talk to the folks at Harley-Davidson. They're thrilled to death. Produce growers, right? They're going to get nailed. So who's going to win? Well, certainly the manufacturers of steel and aluminum here in the United States are going to win on this one. Although the argument is if you get rid of foreign steel, where you char- it costs so much, that it uh, it really does become sort of a free market system where all the steel is sold at whatever market price there is without the dumping, without the tariffs. Uh, Then what ends up happening is uh, that the steel and aluminum manufacturers can go up. Their prices can go up. And they win. And the other people lose. So that is the gamble that the president is taking. And where people are really questioning this, and I'm questioning it too. Uh, Mr. President, it's your base that's getting screwed. It's the people that voted for you that are going to lose the jobs. That's the problem. So where do you go from that? Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? All right, coming up next, uh, the USC gynecologist scandal. And, you know, I, I, it's a rough way to get an examination for this guy, wasn't it? Not fun. All right. KFI AM 6. KFI AM 640 handle here on a Friday. Oh, coming up at 8 o'clock, James Clapper is joining us, uh, former United States Director of National Intelligence. Yeah, he's got a few things to say about uh, the Trump administration and the world of intelligence, doesn't he? Okay, uh, another four, 14 women have uh, sued USC, uh, alleging that Dr. George Tyndall, the gynecologist, sexually abused them during medical exams, which brings the number of women suing at this point to 21. 385 women have called the university hotline since last week. A Times investigation uh, talked about uh, Dr. George Tyndall Tyndall continuing to practice medicine, even though there have been a record of complaints about him for more than two decades. And the stories are fairly grotesque. Uh, One allegation, he put his face within two inches of her vagina, fondling her and saying, it looks beautiful. And this is a doctor, right? Uh, and then uh, allegations of using ungloved hands to uh, 
do examinations, perform examinations. And the issue here is not Tyndall. Of course, he's going to get sued, but uh, this guy's going to lose his license to practice medicine. And what assets does he have when you have dozens and dozens of women suing? It's all about SC. That's the deep pocket. And uh, the story even goes beyond that because the university is, of course, uh, being uh, accused of ignoring all of the complaints over the years. And then there is, uh, or was, the president of uh, SC, uh, President Max Nikias, who was attacked because it was under his watch, and he set up an entire system. A uh, there was there was a climate in which all of this happened, and his leadership was questioned. As a matter of fact, uh, I think five hundred faculty. Uh, was uh, received by the university uh, calling for his resignation. Uh, 4,000 by students and alumni calling for his resignation. Well, finally it happened, his resignation. And this was after the trustee said, we are supporting him. I mean, this is pretty despicable stuff. So that one's going down. And then another story about UCLA, a gynecologist there. That is also being nailed. I mean, just crazy, isn't it? All right. uh, Coming up, savings programs for Californians who don't have retirement benefits. It's the state. It's a nanny state. And a lot of people are very unhappy about that. And I'll do some explaining about that one. This is KFI. Oh, Ophelia, heaven help a fool falls in love. Friday, coming up at 8 o'clock, James Clapper is uh, joining us, former United States Director of National Intelligence. He has a lot of good things to say about President Trump, doesn't he? Uh, also, uh, some fun stuff. Foodie Friday. It's National Donut Day, so we're going to do a taste test of uh, various donuts here. A blind taste test. So I brought in my uh, blind uh, eye sleeper things, whatever they have. They call them sleep masks. Eye mask. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So... Something really interesting is going on uh, that's being fought rather vociferously. Uh, vociferously. There is a uh, California Retirement Benefits Program that has been, actually was voted in 2016, approved by the uh, state legislature. And it's a state-run retirement account for uh, estimated you know, almost 7 million California workers who are not offered a pension or a 401k plan through their employers. So companies with more than five employees would have to sign up their workers for what is called Cal Savers if they don't offer their own savings plans. And workers would automatically have between 2 and 5% of their pay deposited into the Cal Savers account. I mean, this is automatic unless the workers opt out. And people don't opt out that people just tend to be lazy. So the whole point of this is a forced retirement plan. And it would be run by the state. And uh, instantly, the allegation of a nanny state kicks in. Uh, The Howard Jarvis Taxpayer Association, totally against this. They're the people that uh, 
uh, killed, uh, had Prop 13, which killed uh, the property tax beyond 1%, which changed our taxation uh, process here in California completely. So they're against it. And, of course, uh, the Investment Company Institute, uh, Wall Street trade group, saying, oh, no, you can't do that because they represent uh, the big trading companies. Why? Because uh, the state is going to run this program, not them. So, you know what? You know, I'm okay with that. Forcing people uh, to save as long as it doesn't cost us money. And you can argue nanny state all you want, but... Uh, a lot of people just live on Social Security, and inevitably they're going to need food stamps because people who live only on Social Security obviously don't have a lot of money. You can't maintain uh, rents, especially here in Southern California. So it gets very expensive, and you f- sort of force the issue. Uh, it's theoretically going to uh, bring people more money because they're putting money into a retirement plan, especially if they start early. And so, yeah. Yeah, I'm sort of okay with it. You know, I'm not just, I, I, I am not fundamentally opposed to it. Now, I am fundamentally opposed to the other programs, for example, CalPERS, right? That one is a different one. Uh, California State Teachers Retirement Plan. Uh, yeah, California State Workers with CalPERS. Uh, why? Because we have to pay any shortfall, It's an investment scheme, well, scheme in the sense, an investment plan uh, that is run by the state that when it makes money for its participants, everybody's happy. When it loses money, we, the taxpayers, have to make up the difference. Now, this plan, Cal Savers, we don't have to make up the difference. Theoretically, it's not going to cost us any money in terms of shortfalls. However, it's another state program, which means it's a state bureaucracy, which means you can add another layer to the entire process. And one of the things that government doesn't do well is run programs and run programs lean. It's just not something that government does. And so there is a lot of abuse, a lot of waste. Well, because uh, state employees, for the most part, uh, certainly aren't held to the same standard as private employees. You lose me money. You cost me money and you're employed by me. You are gone. Well, that's not the case with state employees. I mean, before you can be fired as any employee of of the state, I mean, imagine what you have to do to get fired. You know, due process. I want a hearing. I fire you and you want a hearing? I just fire you louder and go, hear this. You're fired. There's your hearing. And so, I, yeah, yeah, I really don't care. I guess it sort of forces the issue. And I don't know whether part of uh, the... Uh, the amount of money that's put away, 2 and 5%, is for administrative costs. And I don't know other than the state paying for it. And, I, you know, again, you have to look for much, much further into all of these programs. But in the end, uh, do you force savings? Uh, I don't know. You know. I have no idea.
I'm trying to think of one reason why it's yes and another reason why it's no. And I'm just, I, it, to me, it's a flip of a coin. I'm right on the uh, fence on this one. All right, let's go ahead and break early because coming up is James Clapper, who is uh, the former United States Director of National Intelligence. Boy, what credentials does he have? And what does he think of President Trump? Uh, because President Trump is such a good friend of the intelligence community, isn't he? What what a mess all this is. This is KFI AM 640. Secret Asian man. Secret KFI handle here on a Friday, June 1st. Uh, retired Lieutenant General James Clapper with the Air Force, uh, former Director of National Intelligence. Uh, General Clapper has uh, had a lifetime, decades of experience in the intelligence community and uh, served as a head honcho uh, where all the intelligence agencies in the United States reported to him. And uh, General Clapper, thank you so much for being here. uh, And thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, sure. Uh, In any case, let's I want to go right to it. And uh, a very unusual thing has happened. I've never seen a president attack the intelligence community so vociferously. Uh, would you explain how the a normal uh, relationship between a president and the intelligence community and this one with uh, President Trump? Well, there have been uh, uh, presidents before that uh, I think approached um, a relationship with um, the intelligence community warily and, until they became familiar with what the intelligence community could do for them. Uh, this president, I think, is different, uh, primarily because <clears throat> the first uh, exposure he really had to the intelligence community was to bring him, uh, you know, in the, in the tradition of truth to power, some bad, some news that he didn't really want to hear, which was the uh, impact, uh, the, the, the effects of the Russian meddling in our election. And for him, that cast doubt on the legitimacy of his election. And I think uh, that got the intelligence committee off to a bad start with him. What, what do you think uh, that uh, he thought the motive was for the intelligence community to bring this evidence, which, in his opinion, is not true or it's biased? Uh, why? Where, where did this all come from? Well, I think... Uh, he was especially uh, uh, suspicious of the intelligence community. The, the intelligence community is part of the so-called deep state, which is not the case. I, I never heard of the term deep state and, until uh, uh, Mr. Trump and his administration uh, uh, came along. So uh, whether he uh, really thought that we're somehow a tool of the uh, or were a tool of the, of the Obama administration and uh, we were doing things to uh, uh, oppose him and help Hillary Clinton. I, I don't know. Uh, you almost have to ask him, but that's I'm I'm speculating is is uh, why he uh, uh, so suspicious of the intelligence community. Now I'm uh, I'm going to make some assumptions here, General, and that is uh, when the intelligence committee comes up with a report or intelligence, uh, it is totally unbiased, or it should be unbiased. And it's up to the president to, of course, formulate policy, which uh, agencies don't do. I mean, he's, he's, he's the one that calls the shots. Uh, 
Did any of that happen or from the beginning he questioned even the intelligence itself? Here's what we have found, and we're making no value judgment. It's up to you. Even that he was suspicious of? Uh, I think so. And um, uh, the uh, evidence that we provided in the, uh, the higher classified version of the report, which we released publicly, and by the way, the, the findings – where the wording was exactly the same in the highly classified version and the one we released to the public. And I just think he had great difficulty uh, accepting the message in, in which we had very, very high confidence, and that is that the Russians sought to, to sow doubt, discord, and discontent in our country, and they succeeded to a fairly well, that they had very strong uh, opposition uh, and personal animus from Putin for Hillary Clinton. And as time went on, and when uh, Mr. Trump became the nominee, the Russians saw him as a much better candidate for them, and they supported him. And so I don't think, uh, I think it, he just had a hard time accepting those findings. Uh, any and other, hey, did, go ahead, I'm sorry. Don't, no, go ahead. All right, uh, were there any other major issues uh, which he questioned uh, the intelligence uh, that you folks came up with? No, I think that was uh, essentially uh, it. He, well, he accused us of leaking the uh, infamous dossier, which we didn't do, which occasioned his characterizing the intelligence community and the people in it as Nazis. And that's what occasioned my uh, reaching out to call him uh, about that, because I felt I had to say something to defend the, the great men and women of the community who toil in the trenches of intelligence, some in very, very hazardous, risky conditions, and uh, to keep this nation safe and secure. And I felt I had to say something to defend them. Uh, the uh, morale among uh, the intelligence community, and I'm thinking there's one of two things. Either it's uh, pretty well demoralized, or, you know what, this is a president who sort of does his own thing. We're pros, and uh, we're here, and he goes at some point. It really doesn't matter. Wh which way or something in between is ha happening? Well, I think it's probably more the latter, as you outline it. I think uh, there are big parts of the intelligence community that really are not affected at all because of the work they do is technical or they're overseas and they're away from it. Uh, so I think uh, the, the probably the most uh, – the target, if you will, uh, the, the agency that uh, necessarily gets uh, – in the crosshair sometimes is CIA, but, you know, he just installed uh, Gina Haspel as the first woman director ever of the CIA, and he had great things to say about her when he went out to make a speech uh, at the CIA, which was far, far better than the first speech he made at the CIA the day after his inauguration. So I think right now, actually, the intelligence community is kind of out of the crosshairs because the people that are in charge of it and the key agencies, he's appointed. Uh, I think the target right now is the law enforcement community, specifically the Department of Justice and the FBI. And uh, you worked with Gina Haspel. What's, what's your opinion of her being the director of the CIA? I uh, think the world of, of Gina, I've spoken publicly in support of her uh, nomination, and I was uh, quite gratified that she was confirmed. I think she'll be a great director. Uh, she, she does. She has the strength of character, I think, to, to speak truth to power, and that's that's uh, important. She's widely respected in the agency. She's a pro. She uh, came up through the ranks as an operations officer, and so 
So I, I was very pleased that she was confirmed as uh, director. All right, uh, General James Clapper, uh, I know that your time is very limited. Uh, the book that uh, James Clapper wrote, and, and it's a good read, too, uh, new uh, news highlights from facts and fears, hard truths from uh, a life of uh, or life in intelligence by James Clapper. Sir, thank you so much for being with us and taking your time. Thanks, Bill. For All right. You got it. All right. Uh, James Clapper. I mean, you talk about a, a man with creds ran the intelligence community. I mean, all of them, all of the agencies reported to him. Uh, what a position. And he hates Trump. Uh, but most people in intelligence are very aren't very thrilled with uh, the president anyway, mainly because he does so much attacking of uh, the intelligence community. As he said, you know, I've always wondered about that because I have uh, read enough and heard uh, enough interviews and heard enough discussion that when you when you have agencies like this, there is no value judgment. They just hand the president their analysis, their intelligence, and say, "Here's what we found." And then, uh, and then it's never a matter of fact either. It's we have high confidence that this is in fact the case. In uh, uh, you know, the story of going after Osama bin Laden, which is fascinating, uh, in uh, which uh, the chief of staff was it Podesta, I think at that time, who uh, went to uh, the president and said, "We have uh, not high confidence. I think we have reasonably high confidence." that Osama bin Laden is in this location in a in Abbottabad in uh, Pakistan. So it's all levels of confidence. And with the case of the Russian meddling, uh, I, I think the only person uh, in this entire country that doesn't believe that the Russians meddled in the election uh, is the president. And uh, And I'll tell you why. Because, and it's fascinating, it's not because he doesn't think they have it in them. It's not because he doesn't think uh, that they think that way or have the capability. It's because if he admits that the Russians meddled, interfered with the election, that means that there is another reason for him to have won the election other than he is loved and beloved by the electorate. With the biggest landslide, of course, landslide, uh, land uh, slide, right, uh, in the history of presidential elections. So you don't question that. And anybody or any intelligence that questions that is, of course, part of the deep state, is, of course, a lie, is, of course, uh, fake news, is, of course, not true whatsoever. Weird, weird presidency, isn't it? All right. uh, Coming up, Leo Laporte. And we're going to go right into intelligence. Why the FBI is warning you about your router. And that's coming up. When we return. In the meantime, there's Jennifer Jones. KFI handle here. Uh, time for a tech segment with Leo Laporte, our tech guy. Heard every Saturday and Sunday here on KFI from 11 to 2 o'clock. Uh, Leo, uh, the FBI has contacted us, and I'm not talking about the FBI from <laughs> India. Uh, hello, my hello, name is, this is Interpol calling. calling. As a matter of fact, just a, a quick one before we get into the topic. I received three phone calls, four phone calls within an hour oh. a few days ago from an Indian guy saying, I'm with Microsoft and uh, your 
uh, your server is uh, is is acting <laughs> up and sending yeah. us information. Yeah. Please go to your computer yes. and log on. I, but it, it, the one I understand, but every 15 minutes, it was a different Indian guy. And it, yeah. was, and, I, and it got to the point where by the second one, I said, you know, it's the computer isn't even in my name. I can't even How log on. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's my wife. Well, can I talk to your wife? She's not here. Well, it's important I talk to your wife. I said, she's in the <laughs> hospital. She has diabetes and they're removing a leg. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. He doesn't, care. he doesn't care. No. I usually what I usually say is, does your mother know how you are making a living, taking advantage oh, of older God. people? Oh, that doesn't that doesn't phase him either. Probably they, he's working for his mother. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Okay, so uh, going swinging back full circle, the uh, FBI. Uh, they may not be calling you, but the FBI has issued a request, an urgent request. Reboot your router. What's this about? Reboot your router, Reboot. please. Hello, my name is Bob. <laughs> you have to reboot your router. Yeah. This one's legit, and it's it's kind of an interesting story. The FBI has been tracking malware, which they say comes from Fancy Bear. You may remember Fancy Bear from such hacks as the Democratic National Committee. Uh, and the Hillary Clinton campaign and John Podesta emails. Fancy Bear is a Russian state-sponsored hacking group. They have a uh, malware called VPN filter that lives on routers. So the router, you know, that's the thing you connect to the Internet so that you can have yeah. more than one machine on it. Usually the router is protecting you from the outside world. But these routers, unfortunately, and it's, by the way, big names, Linksys, Netgear, TP-Link, Microtik, big name routers, uh, they don't get updated very often. They often have security flaws. And state-sponsored actors like Fancy Bear really are good at getting into these things. The FBI says they have counted half a million infected routers. And what, you know, it's unknown what the Russians want to do with it, but it's pre but the, the what we believe is that they were going to take down, they were going to attack the Ukraine first. The, Ukraine is where Russia tries out all of its hacks. They brought down the grid for a few hours last year and we think it's them preparing for cyber warfare so this would be a cyber warfare tool you can if you have half a million routers you could pretty much do anything to anybody on the internet but the good news is the fbi uh, got a subpoena they went after uh the company that provided the website that these routers connected to to get their malware and they took that offline so you can reboot your router and that will clear most of it out of your System, not all of it, but most of it, enough well, so that you're not a part of this botnet anymore. Yeah, well, I'm fine because I reboot boot my uh, my router twice <laughs> yeah. a month, twice a week because it stops working. A lot of people working. do. Yeah, right. it just stops working. I call the tech guy. Oh, right. hey, reboot. Uh, yeah, that's often the the best thing to do. The other thing to do is get a better router or a more modern router. Uh, and and this really underscores advice that I've been giving lately, which is if you buy a device for your house that's connected to the internet, whether it's your router, your computer, your doorbell, your cameras. All of them should be from re responsible companies that are going to continue to maintain them and automatically update them. In other words, you don't have to go around all these devices and check to see if they're updated. They wanna, we want uh, devices that, kind of like your Windows or Mac, that automatically get updates and automatically apply them. And that's really important for Internet of Things devices like routers. Well, how many companies are there? I mean, I know the big company. I think we have Vonage. Uh, our voiceovers. That is, does Vonage, or I think our router, yeah, yeah I think Well, it's no, Vonage, you, you, a Vonage device is an Internet of Things device. Anything in your house that connects to the Internet should be, like your Vonage phone system, should be automatically updating itself. Most don't. And unfortunately, there's a lot of companies in China 
where they make this stuff, they push it out and they never think twice. They don't look back. And that stuff is often, especially the cameras, we've seen lots of hacks of those. Hey, when this, you this hack isn't aimed at you, by the way. This is aimed at the Kremlin attacking Ukraine and ultimately the U.S. We talk about the uh, Russians and or the Chinese or the North Koreans being able to hack into our systems and shut down the grid, for example, yeah. uh, which, of course, would shut down America. We don't, right. I don't hear about how long it would take us to go back online. Well, that's kind of an unknown. Um, the problem is in the United States, the grid is not run by any one group. In some states, in some localities, it's run by private industry. In some localities, it's run by the state or the city. It just varies, and it's all over the country, and it's different. And there's <clears throat> the NSA has been working hard, uh, as well as the Department of Homeland Security, to get these guys up to date. They've been, but they've found a lot of malware infections, presumably from uh, nation states on these grids. You know, remember? Do you remember when the power went out in New York City because sure, the, the power went down in Ohio? We're very vulnerable, and so this is called cyber warfare. And we've been waiting. You know, this is going to happen. Uh, the United States has already uh, announced its intent uh, to be waging cyber warfare, which kind of opens the floodgates for all of this. Um, so if this is. This is the next, I think this yeah. is the next uh, front. Yeah, that's frankly. right. We're all, yeah, we're worried about earthquakes. We're worried about that. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Well, if they bring down the grid or they bring down the internet, I mean, they've, they've been able to do both in Ukraine. Russia uses Ukraine as its yeah. test bed crazy. for their hacks. Uh, so, and, you know, North Korea is a small, tiny country with very few resources, but hacking isn't hard. And if you can get 20 good hackers together, which yeah, you they, got it. they do, you can do it. All right, Leo. Thank you. We'll talk Good news, to, huh? How, how depressing. Happy. Yeah, happy, happy. You know, enjoy your life. All right. We'll talk again next week. All right. Take care. Handle here, and let's check in with Handle on the News. Late edition. Handle on the News. Hold up. Wait a minute. Here's Bill Handle. Friday, June once, and uh, a few things uh, that I want to tell you about uh, before we get into Handle on the News Late Edition, which is a super segment, which means we go through the entire half hour without a break. First of all, Law Day. Uh, that's coming up Saturday, June 16th, 9 to 2 at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Phenomenal location. Over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com, free legal advice in virtually every field of the law. I'm broadcasting Handle on the Law live from 9 to 11 o'clock, so come on by and yell at me. Uh, there'll be free seminars, uh, win prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day, and it is sponsored by... Let me you know, get rid of the Powered By. I've never understood that. You know, what the hell does Powered By mean, by the way? I have no idea. I guess uh, maybe they'll bring a an engine and have uh, the whole thing powered by it would be nothing if not for what's the sponsor oh uh sponsored by you know i was going to do it uh the people's attorney of southern california sweet james bergener go to sweetjames.com uh that's law day saturday june 16th okay uh, also uh, i'm gonna have what george nori is uh coming up on monday and george is uh being he has been nominated 
for the Radio Hall of Fame. And Following I, in your footsteps. Uh, yes. And I think it's uh, the votes. is his category. Uh, spoken word. The vote, uh, spoken word. But Same uh, category as you were right. inducted so, under. So it is the number of votes that people call in and give. So uh, I will, uh, you know, it, he was kind enough to, uh, I think, do it for me. And so I'm going to do oh, it yeah. for him. Uh, also, Hopefully th- the Russians won't meddle. I think Ellen Kay also is yes. a nominee. So I'll be yep. talking to her also. Uh, we take care of our own here. Yes. Uh, damn straight. Okay. I think uh, we have all of that, right? Let's do it, guys. Uh, late edition, Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and uh, me. Lead story. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Now, I don't understand this. Uh, President Barack's, uh, President Obama's, Barack Obama's former uh, economic advisor, floated the idea that President Trump should be barred from getting monthly jobs report in advance based on the fact that Trump t- tweeted on Friday, looking forward to seeing the employment numbers at 8.30 this morning. Uh, so uh, even though he got them before, he is saying, uh, I'll see you at 8.30. Th- I'll get them at 8.30. I don't understand what the big deal is here. Okay, I talked to Jason Middleton about this this morning. So what he said, the, the thing is, it was like back after the Nixon administration or something, some rule came into effect that a president is not allowed to comment on the numbers until an hour after they have come out or something like this. I'm paraphrasing here. But this way, it doesn't affect the markets. And so because he did tweet prior to the open of the market, Can't markets, wait. Yeah, he, he because he's saying he was intimating that the that numbers he were already be had good. number. Yeah, I mean, just, and so he's not supposed yeah. to comment until after the numbers right. come. Is in. that a, is that a comment that you're looking forward to seeing them? No, I, well, the implication is that, that they're good. He that would not. Good. He would right. not if they were bad. He wouldn't have say can't looking forward to it. But you know, there's enough to nail the president on uh, other than this. This is splitting hairs. Yeah, I think it is splitting hairs. Well, the president wants Samantha B. fired for talking smack about his daughter. And basically, he's comparing it to what Roseanne said earlier this week, her racist rant on Twitter, compared to what Samantha B. said on Twitter, calling his daughter a feckless C-word. C-word. But I I did a whole segment of this uh, this morning at 7 o'clock. There is a huge difference, an enormous difference. One it is a the the racist uh, tweet goes beyond just using a vulgar term. That's one. Number two, Disney versus Turner, uh, TBS. Right? Disney is going to be much more sensitive, much more sensitive in terms of firing someone who is racist. Oh, so three big differences. Because the yep. other big difference is uh, Roseanne, a person making a racist tweet against someone from another group here. It's a woman saying a misogynist word against a woman. So they're in they're in the same group. In other words, it's like when you like when you make yeah. Jew jokes because you're a Jew. That's oh, my point. Oh, you get away with it. All right. Uh, okay. I'm just saying it's another yeah. difference. Okay. Uh, I don't think that's a big difference. So, really? Yeah, I don't think so. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's okay. You know, you know go, go right. listen to go no, listen to a lot of rap no, no, around okay. a group of uh, mixed race no. people. All right. You know, I'm a not. mixed, you know what I'm saying, black people and white people. And go listen to today's rap and see who defends those words and who doesn't. Hmm. Hey, in Alabama. Right, let's move on. Yes. Yeah, in Alabama, 
Uh, they've started a new program that will allow school administrators to be armed. I never will go back to This is an extremely narrow yeah, it is. program. If you, if you look at the qualifications, I mean, this basically is insane how few are actually going to qualify. And the ones that do, you would say, of course, someone with these qualifications can be armed and should be armed. That's exactly the kind of people we want. Effectively, it's a cop. It's a, yeah, it's a program to make them cops. That's it. Right. And they can't do it unless the school doesn't have a cop there already. Right. And then they have to be sworn in as a as a, a reserve deputy. And Which, they have to get permission from the sheriff and, and they permission have to meet from the, the school qual- board. And they have to meet the qualifications. And- All the firearm qualifications, yeah. drug testing, mental health. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's like you might, you might end up with two or three people in the whole state actually right. being armed. And, yeah, that makes sense. So it's just another sidebar issue of uh, the shootings that are going on around the country. All right. Uh, as a matter of fact, when we come back, we are going to no. talk. No. Oh, that's right. Super I do this yeah. every single time. Actually, I think last week you didn't. Okay. One, and I thought uh, we had turned a corner, but no. nope. All right, talking about school shootings, Jen. Yeah, the Coral Springs Parkland Fire Department, who responded to the shooting at in Parkland, say they were denied entry. There is the the deputy chief for the fire rescue claims that he asked six times for permission to send in these specialized teams of police officers and paramedics. Paramedics. And he claims that he was denied every single time. And at first glance, you go, oh, my God, that's horrible. However, uh, the policy at that time was, do you send in paramedics? These are not, uh, this is not the SWAT team. These are not police officers. These are paramedics when it is perceived their lives are still in danger and uh, they could be tagged also. And the information that the assistant chief had was that the shooter was still in the school shooting. Now, they claim that they were still denied entry even after the shooter had been arrested. But they didn't. But but uh, but they had already sent in SWAT medics at that point. Part of the problem is not that they wouldn't send in any medical help. They chose to send in SWAT medics instead of these other teams. Right. So when you look at it, it uh, it makes sense unless uh, you put uh, the paramedics in the same category, first responders as the police. That there is no difference between the two, and you simply rush in, and uh, if their lives are at stake, that's just too bad. Wouldn't you think a SWAT medic would be trained, though, as a paramedic would be? Aren't they well, similar? I don't know. I don't, I, know. I don't know what yes. a SWAT medic is versus a paramedic. Uh, yeah, they, they do, do that the same level. Is a SWAT level. medic yes, armed? This, this is not the massive scandal that the headline, I think, right. is trying to make it. This is more a matter of they didn't have as clear a plan on what to do and who goes where. That's all. And uh, do you bring in uh, paramedics, for the most part, unarmed, and uh, have no way to defend themselves? And maybe the argument is you bring them in with SWAT, or you bring them in following SWAT? Yeah, well, they have actually have these teams that are cops and paramedics. The paramedics and cops go in together. The cops basically protect the paramedics while the paramedics treat. But it's sim- similar to what the SWAT medics do. All right. I don't know. Uh, About two-thirds of gun deaths in this country are suicides, and uh, new research says that these red flag laws where you can take guns away from people who are in danger are helping to uh, to make them go into decline. Or I could have just said reduce them and save some words. Uh, Yeah. They studied two states that have had these red flag laws for a while. And red flags, things uh, people have said uh, he's threatening to kill himself, uh, a post 
on social media. Uh, the kid's depressed, even if he doesn't say anything. There's there's real depression, and there is uh, some kind of suspicion that he may kill himself. Now, and then it allows the cops to temporarily confiscate firearms. This story from the Huffington Post doesn't say whether the NRA is fighting this. Because we're talking about confiscation of firearms uh to a non uh, uh, regarding a non criminal, I think the NRA is not worried about the concept. They're worried about whether you get enough due process before they take that gun away from you. Because yeah. remember, President Trump said, first you take away the gun, then we'll worry about due process." Which, and they didn't like that. Well, when when you're talking about someone about to kill himself or someone else, you damn straight. I'd rather trust the cops having the guns than a guy who is suicidal. Because how about the people? I mean, if you want to kill yourself, you know, knock your socks off or knock your head off. I don't care. The problem is, uh, do you take people with you as you go down? And there are too many of those. Woohoo! The DMV has announced Saturday service. Woohoo! I'm sure that will be pleasant. Yeah. Yeah, you get one more day to go to the DMV. Yeah, there's a day when they'll be packed in there. They will. This is going to be from, okay, bear with me because this is really bizarre. So it's 40 locations. The offices are set to open at 8 a.m. to 1 on the 16th and 23rd of this month. And then starting in July, they're going to open on the first and third Saturday of each month. Right. So it's fair to say that uh, the Departamento del Servicio Automobiles uh, will uh, está abierto in sábados. Everybody speaks Spanish at the DMV. The? Come on. Yeah, no one speaks English there. Uh, I just went to the uh, DMV. Everybody spoke Spanish. I mean, everybody. Uh, speaking you, of... Hmm? No, I, that's my Spanish. That's how horrible my Not Spanish handled. is. Yeah. I'm sure getting emails handled. Did you ever take Spanish in school? That was horrible. Go ahead. Did you? Yeah, but it was horrible. Uh, <laughs> speaking of getting around, Lyft and Uber are partnering with the L.A. County Registrar for the June 5 election. This seems very convoluted. Basically, you go to the county website, and let's say you want to find your polling place, so you put in your information, and it will say, here's your polling place, and here's a link to the Uber and Lyft apps. Now, let me ask you a question. If someone needs a link from the polling place to get Uber as opposed to doing it on their own, do you really want that person to vote? No, <laughs> not even not even a bit. Okay, this next story is just cruel. Somebody stole eighteen thousand dollars worth of chemotherapy medicine from a guy from Philadelphia who was visiting visiting SoCal. This guy has stomach cancer. He stops at this open house in Inglewood last weekend, goes in, comes back, opens the trunk of his car, and his bag of chemo medicine is gone. And whoever tried to steal it tried to steal the guy's identity, too. They tried to cash checks, buy stuff from a smoke shop, even used, even tried to book a hotel room in his Hmm. name. Yeah, and by the way, they didn't try to steal it. They stole it. Yeah. Now, uh, $18,000 worth of chemo. That's one day. You know that. Is it really? Oh, yeah. That's all. Yeah. I'm I'm making that up, by the way. Uh, But I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) I'm just reading a story about... uh, Oh, when I did, oh, I did it, I think, yesterday, the day before, uh, that one dose uh, or or a, uh, a series of doses to treat a disease, $672,000 on some of these new drugs. I mean, it was just crazy. 
I mean, that's so eighteen thousand dollars worth of chemo. Uh, it's a, and it's a pretty rare drug because he has a very rare form of stomach cancer. Mm-hmm. Is probably one day's worth. Uh, a doctor's timesheet showed that he was spending a lot of time taking care of firefighters who were injured uh, in 9-11. But in fact, he was lying and now he's being prosecuted for fraud. Yeah, on vacation when he was out of the country, he was treating people, according to his uh, his logs. Uh, when clinics were closed, he was treating people. And I mean by the hundreds and hundreds of hours uh, a year. So they estimate it's uh, it's equal to about one hundred and sixty thousand dollars in time theft, yeah. and this is taxpayer money yep. that's meant to go to help these firefighters. And this guy, in essence, is bleeding that yep. money out of the program. Could so, get up to ten years in yeah, prison. Yeah, he's going down for a while. There's this renowned British surgeon who's under investigation after a woman committed suicide, claiming he removed her ovaries because they were in the way without her consent. Now, uh, there are a couple things about this story that uh, I'm uh, immediately questioning. Uh, She was, uh, he was mending a bowel disorder and uh, removed the ovaries. And according to her, said, you don't need them anyway. Uh, And they were in the way, Uh, which uh, for a, a surgeon, and I'd like to see some proof other than her saying it. And she committed suicide because and she was in utter pain. I don't know what that ha- that may not have anything to do with the removal of the ovaries. Well, he uses a vaginal mesh implant. I know, but that somehow could, for the the well, bowel didn't, problems. Yeah, he, exactly. Then, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, but that is not the ovary removal. No. And the pain that she claims uh, is, has was caused by his removing the ovaries. That because he did it without her consent. See, that's where this story gets a little hinky. She says he said. He thought he'd done me a favor. I thought, you know, a woman of your age wouldn't really need her ovaries. They were in the way. And, uh, well, are we, they, we'll are never they know the... what really happened, but he has been suspended uh, from conducting surgery at two hospitals in Bristol, and he's under investigation. So I, I guess they think there's some credence to it, or even the allegation puts it under investigation. Well, because other women have come yeah. forward claiming he was quick to recommend invasive surgical Now, that's different. That's a whole different issue because you have surgeons that say, you know what, let's have a surgery. When in doubt, you know, for example, hysterectomies, uh, what is the stat? 70% don't have to be done. Or C-sections, which a surgeon gets a lot more money. The difference here is in Britain, surgeons don't, if, if this is the state paid, if this is part of national health, this is just salary for uh, this doctor. Unless it was uh, private, uh, they do both in England. They both do private uh, surgery and uh, under national health. Yeah, there are a lot of doctors that work for national health in the morning and in the afternoon, they work under their own practice. Happens a lot. So it's it's a f- fairly complicated it's, I'm trying to draw where the ovaries are and uh, the pelvic mesh would be. A Little League fundraiser in Playa del Rey reportedly turned into a hate crime. Did you know that you live in a racist society? Uh, Katrina Ross is a black woman from the Playa del Rey area. Her son plays in Little League. She went to this fundraiser and she says when she was leaving the event that a white couple attacked her outside the Westchester Elks Lodge and beat her and choked her and kicked her and yelled racial slurs at her. Yeah, and the story continues, and uh, is that she was kicked out of the league, if I've read this correctly. 
She's saying, right, that the league said, you know what, uh, your son can keep playing but can't go to any league events because of what happened to you. Right. It's very. That's it's, what she is saying happened. Uh, yeah, it's uh, too weird for words. And it, the story doesn't say, uh, were they, did they catch uh, the or did they charge the man and the woman who beat her up? Uh, because they, I, it's it was apparent from what I understand. Yeah, they it, were a couple, volunteer parents. So uh, they know wh- who they are. So, again, this story is uh, a little bit weird. We can get a lot of little bit weird stories. This one's weird. Oh, uh, yeah. out of Louisiana where a homeless guy now gets free wings from Buffalo Wild Wings, but only after, after a staffer wrote a derogatory comment on his receipt. Spread your wings and fly away. But it's what this person wrote. It doesn't even make any sense. They wrote, for a homeless F, let's sit and get gross. I love you. Yeah. Very. What does that even mean? I don't know. But anyway, uh, he is, uh, according to this story, uh, is in tears, uh, shares the receipt with a fellow customer or a few. They start screaming at uh, management. And Buffalo Wild Wings, the regional manager, uh, has been fired. Uh, No, he said that the employees have been fired. And uh, that the customer gets free wings for a year, a gift card to Walmart for some new clothes, a hotel room. And uh, the restaurant has donated a couple of hundred wings to a local homeless shelter. So, uh, you know, they're coming to the table. You know, they uh, they did what's right. Yeah. You know, and how uh, homeless uh, wings for a year. I mean, that, obviously, that's not a big deal uh, because I'm sure it's going to be limited to three per day. It's what I would do. You know, wings are expensive. <sighs> Bill. Hey, this story will also give you a bad feeling in the pit of your stomach, but not because it's sad. It is National Donut Day, and a uh, restaurant up in Paso Robles, the uh, Orale Taqueria, is offering a donut breakfast burrito. It's just a breakfast burrito, and they stick a donut in it. Come on. This is not. This is way too lazy. I know. They put the breakfast stuff in a donut, I think, is the way they do it. I have it right. I mean, that, no, that matters. No, the way I'm reading it, they take it's a regular burrito, breakfast burrito. You got your eggs, your bacon, sriracha. There's another cliche. Oh, and stuff then, a donut Stuff inside. a donut in there. Yeah, there you no, go. No, 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 no. See, that shouldn't be allowed. You have to be more clever. Yeah, you do. Because that is pretty Just sticking lame. a donut in or on yeah. a thing yeah, for that, National Donut that is stupid. Day. Oh, talking about Donut Day, uh, 9.30, uh, Foodie Friday, Neil is coming with a bunch of donuts and we are going to do a taste test of the best donuts out there. And it's not going to be like Krispy Kreme and Dunkin'. It's from like local, yeah. everybody's favorite mom and pop kind of places. Right. So it's going to be fun. Well, I've heard of a lot of ways of people trying to cross the border. But this one, a man was found hiding in a shipment of wood shavings. No reason to have. Weird. In a truck. Yeah. You know, the uh, Border Protection sees a truck. A uh, little suspicious with the driver, goes over for secondary inspection. They do some kind of an x-ray thing, and uh, they see something uh, that is a little suspicious. And uh, there they go. You know, they catch him. There he is under a bunch of uh, wood shavings. Can we just skip to uh, 16 really, really fast? Absolutely. There's a guy in Florida who was had a roach infestation at his apartment. One of the roaches got in his ear. But wait, there's more. So this guy goes to the doctor and he goes to the ER, and the ER doctor gives him a syringe of lidocaine in his ear. And the guy says, I could feel him go super fast, kicking and trying to dig his way out. 
a faint little squeal, and then two minutes later, it just stopped, and he died. I heard it die in my head. Oh! Now. And he left behind an inheritance well, for she, the man. She left behind. The cockroach is a she? Yeah, because yes, it laid eggs. Oh, thank you. It Duh. laid eggs. She left behind an egg sack. Yeah. Yay. Now, have you ever had a fly in your ear? I have. Yep, I had a fly fly into my ear once. And it sounds like, I can't even tell you how loud that is. And you feel it hitting the eardrum. Oh, it is horrible. But you know what? what but what they did, in my case, is they just take oil, uh, a syringe of oil, and then they just put it right into your ear, and then you put your ear down and it drips out. And the bug goes with it. So uh, it's not a question of killing it and having it flop around. So I don't quite know, uh, and well, I said, how often does it happen? Well, it does happen. Yeah. I mean, it does happen. Okay, that's disgusting. Oh gosh. All right. Happy so. National Donut Day. I uh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And get your appetite up for those donuts. You damn right. Coming up, uh, the Thomas Guide to Politics. John is with us, and uh, we're going to talk about what's happening on Tuesday. He's going to analyze, and then he's coming back on Wednesday. And then we're going to ask him what happened yesterday and how right he was, because he's going to prognosticate. He's going to tell us what he thinks is going to happen. KFI AM 640. Time for the Thomas Guide to All Things Political. John Thomas on The Bill Handel Show. President Trump seemingly passing out pardons to heroes of the far right almost as eagerly as Oprah once gifted Pontiacs to suburban moms. Hi, Handel here on a Friday morning coming up at 930. Neil Sabedra is coming here with a foodie Friday. And since it's National Donut Day, Neil brought a bunch of donuts and we are going to do a taste test. Which donuts are better? Blind study, blind test. And uh, John, I want you to join us. Okay. I can't do that, Bill. Why? I can't. I'm on a 30 day like no dessert. It's thing. We're talking about a taste. We're not talking oh, about oh, eating. Oh, we're talking a taste. Yeah, we're, we're not talking, talking a little, whole donuts. No, no, no. Little, oh, oh, little okay, bits cool. and pieces. Yeah, sure. I'd love to do that. Is that... <laughs> that blindfold looks like it's from your playroom, Bill. Uh, <laughs> no. You know where you get these uh, from the airplanes? Oh, yeah. Airplanes. Yeah. That's where you get that. So you'll have one of those. All right. Uh, let's do it. Really? Okay. Tuesday, we have... What do we have to... Oh, we have an election on Tuesday. Oh, per, first, yes. Please. First, it's Free Movie Friday, that's Bill. That's right. Free Movie Friday is... With Adam Tickets is back... <laughs> They're giving you a free chance to win movie tickets. Text them now. Text the word reporter to Adam1. That's A-T-O-M-1 for your chance to win. Standard data and text messaging rates apply. Yeah, who pays for texts anymore? I don't know why they say that. I don't either. I, you know, uh, it's, a, it's it's like our phone number uh, saying the word toll free. Right. Yeah, uh, toll why? free. Yeah, I mean, I don't, know what that, I don't know what that means. All right. Uh, you don't want to do is just straight out tell me what's going to happen with the election on Tuesday, because we're going to have you here on Wednesday, uh, either going nanner, 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 I told you so, or wow, I was wrong <laughs> on that one. So let's talk about some of the most interesting races that are going to happen here in the Southland and uh, across the state and so, the country, I too. Mean, well, let's let's talk about the governor's race, uh, because that's that's the big ticket item. And the big question is, 
is Antonio Villaraigosa going to get to a runoff? Is it going to be a dem on dem runoff, or is it, or is a Republican going to get to the top two? And if so, which Republican? I've been pretty consistent in this, and I'm not changing my position. It is going to be a Republican and a Democrat in the runoff. Gavin Newsom has had a comfortable uh, lead this entire time. He will settle probably in the mid thirty, mid to high thirties. Uh, for his share of vote, and John Cox will be in a second place. It's very clear to me that that's what's going on, despite Antonio and his super PAC friends spending north of 20-plus million dollars, which is a healthy amount. Yeah, two things. Uh, Does Fioragosa know that he's going to lose? Do his people know? Yes, and I can tell you how I know. Uh, And I don't know from a primary source. Their actions show me exactly what they know to be true. They're at the phase where you start throwing stuff against the wall to see if it moves numbers. For instance, you're you're seeing now their latest attack ad is attacking John Cox for being uh, for attacking Gavin Newsom for supporting John Cox. And it's this weird, complex. uh, I mean, they're right in the sense that Gavin is trying to prop up John Cox because he wants wants to run against Cox instead of Antonio but by doing that, you're also reminding Republicans that John Cox is the Republican in the race. So you're all but ensuring that John Cox probably galvanizes whatever Republicans were still waiting on the fence, galvanizes those now, Republicans. Now, the money that is out there, so uh, out of the $20 million, how big a spend do you think uh, Villaraigosa is going to spend from now uh, until Monday? They're, they've been doing at least a million to $2 million a week per market, per media market for the last three weeks, and they're and they're still going to go and, balls to the wall. Well, yeah, well, because they've got the money, and so they're gonna they're gonna spend it. They don't refund donors at this point. But here's here's the problem. I can see how even a year ago, in a smoke filled room with a bunch of consultants and rich donors, they can they can concoct this scheme where Antonio could get to a top two, and if he gets to a top two, he can defeat. Gavin Newsom. I can see that model. There's one problem. Latino turnout is weak. A lot of uh, a lot of pollsters believe that Latino turnout was going to look like more like a presidential level because Trump's uh, 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 approval ratings are low with that group. The left is fired up and there's just going to be a big lane for Antonio. But that's been the problem. This midterm cycle turnout nationwide has is looking like Every other boring midterm cycle, Latinos don't typically vote in in big numbers. Um, young people are not voting in serious numbers, and you're seeing that in a lot of these Orange County congressional races um, that the electorate skewing older and whiter, and those uh, that's more t- conservative, more, right? More conservative, exactly. White so, and old is conservative. So, so what's happening with Antonio right now? You know, they've spent, I think, over the Super PAC spent over 15 million. I think Antonio spent like 10 million on his campaign side. So that's a, that's a healthy amount in a primary. And while Antonio probably started realistically in their internal tracking at about seven, he's probably grown from seven to 10, which is about uh, where you think the Latino turnout is actually going to be. But here's the problem with this kind of this smoke filled room uh, theory of Antonio getting through a top two. I don't know any Republican. That is going to buy what Antonio Viragosa is selling, and 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 there's for several reasons. One, he he's a liberal. I mean, he oh, maybe yeah. he, maybe he's conservative on or, or agrees with charter schools and Israel. But beyond that, 
He's a liberal. And here's here's also the problem. If you look at the super PACs messaging, it's bigger, uh, more uh, attractive to a broader electorate messaging. But if you look at Antonio's campaign messaging on his TV ads, it's all about the dreamers fighting Trump. You can't message subgroups and expect the Republicans in this electorate. They have both partisans on both sides have very sensitive sniffers in primaries. And they can they know Antonio is not one of them. One quick question before we uh, take a break and come back with some of the congressional races. Uh, Antonio Villaraigosa, is his career over? Yes, I don't see what he does after this. Uh, he's got, I, I hear he has a, a high uh, burn rate <laughs> personally, so he, need, he needs income. I don't know where he goes. I mean, he could run uh, for a state Senate seat, but that's probably beneath him, to be honest. Um, maybe he runs for lieutenant governor. But remember, I think he's in his mid-60s right now. I think his only play here is if a Democrat takes the White House in 2020, he can hope for an appointment to transportation secretary or something. Got it. Are right, we going to come back and talk a little bit about the uh, congressional races. And this, this has a lot to do with uh, do the Democrats keep the House or not. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back with John Thomas, KFI. Bringing sexy back. Yeah. The motherfucker don't know how to act. KFI, AM640 Handle here. Uh, a couple things I want to announce. Uh, first of all, uh, next week, of course, on Tuesday is uh, the election. John will be with us on Wednesday uh, with a uh, special episode of uh, the uh, Thomas Guide. And then I'm going to do my The Handle Guide. Uh, the handle voting guide I'm going to do on Monday, and the rules always apply. Same rules. If you use my voting guide as a template for voting, you are fired as a listener. You will. I will make sure you will never be able to listen to this show again if you vote the way I vote. The, I, the re- I guess we won't be asking for your endorsement. No, though. oh, no, no, no. What you have to do is look at it, and it's strictly out there for entertainment purposes. <laughs> is Harambe going to make an appearance? Uh, I hope so. Okay. Yes, Harambe <laughs> the dead gorilla. Okay, now, uh, John Thomas, the Thomas Guide. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the congressional races and uh, what they mean and uh, the, the, the hope of the Democrats that this was going to turn the House over. Is that gone? It, it, it appears so. I there are a couple ways that it doesn't look good for them. First, the bigger problem is just turnout in general. You know, they needed a blue wave, and we should have been seeing turnout uh, spiking with young voters. We should have seen turnout spiking uh, with Latinos, and we're just not seeing that. It's not just a California thing. It's all over. But where we particularly need to look is in Orange County because Trump has and continues to be underwater with college-educated whites. That's his biggest problem. He should be picking up, if he could pick up seats anywhere, he should be picking them up in places like Orange County. What he's finding himself in now is that just, first of all, his approvals are actually at about 50 to 52 percent. Which is good, right? Which is a do-no-harm scenario, which is good if you're a Republican. Um, But you're just seeing the turnout numbers are not there. Although the enthusiasm is there, people are enthusiastically voting like they always vote. And that's a problem. And, so, and, and then the other issue is Democrats are worried about being shut out in one of these three Orange County seats where you could have a Republican on a Republican fight. I think the good news for Democrats is that appears 
There's only maybe one to two seats that that is still a possibility. It appears in that uh, in that race uh, where Dana Rohrabacher, the incumbent, uh, had a last minute strong Republican challenge from former, uh, uh, I think he was an assembly leader, Scott Baugh. People are saying, can, can Scott go to a runoff with Dana? It's looking increasingly like that won't be happening simply because turnout, while it's not spiking on the Democratic side, it's looking fairly even in terms of early returns. I get the ballot. I know exactly what returns are because I get overnight reports. And it's almost evenly split, 38 to 38 percent reap to dim. That gives it makes it a tough lane for two Republicans to sneak to a runoff there. So I think the Democrats might dodge bullets there. But remember, if they lose one of those three seats in a primary and don't have a Democrat in the runoff, that's it. There's no path. There's no path to taking back the House bill. So the stakes are high. But even if they manage to remain competitive going to November, turnout's just not there for them. It's just not there. And then and you so look at need, the news Democrats today, Democrats always need a massive turnout you do. to do you, almost you, anything. You, you need a wave. And at the same time, Trump, while he's underwater with college-educated whites, he's doing better with uh, blue-collar Democrats. So he is very likely to pick up a seat or two in the Rust Belt that he didn't have before in 16. So I don't see – I think the Democrats still will pick up a, a couple seats. That happens every time when you're, you're not in power. But I don't see them regaining the House, and I think the Republicans pick up one or two Senate seats at this point. The other, the other thing to watch was a critical deadline just passed in Arizona uh, where uh, John McCain – people were speculating, was John McCain going to resign and cause a special election to happen? He's hung in there. Past the May uh, the May thirty first or whatever deadline, which means uh, when John McCain decides to retire or or other, die or, or passes away, the governor gets to appoint an interim senator, and so that means that there uh, this senator will be protected at least until twenty twenty. Because uh, if a special election happened to fill John McCain's seat, that could be another seat also, that Republicans have to defend. And in terms of a a small uh, state like Arizona. Uh, and I know who's ever appointed by the governor who runs again uh, the uh, the way the description is senator. Mm-hmm. Uh, does uh, with something known on, on this kind of level, this kind of publicity, would that affect the race? Does it matter? Or people really understand? It abs- absolutely does. Uh, under any circumstances. It, under any circumstance. I mean. Well, certainly in low-profile races, that's Well, that wouldn't be low-profile. No, 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 no. But like in California races, the attorney general with Javier Becerra, he thinks he's a lock for re-elect because he's got the benefit of being an incumbent. We'll see if that works. But the biggest thing in an Arizona race, which will not be low information because both sides are going to spend lots of money, the biggest thing is that would give the appointed senator a two-year run at controlling votes, which means they can raise money and lots of it. So the campaign will be well-funded and armed up. And get a jump on whatever Democrat challenger they'll have. Got it. All right. Uh, coming up, we're going to see John on uh, Wednesday, the day after the election, to do a little bit of analysis. And, uh, and we'll see how I am. John has a bunch of candidates, uh, especially in Orange County. And uh, we're going to start ticking off how many of his candidates lost. <laughs> <laughs> or in this case, maybe one. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. No, he's got some winners there, too. All right. Uh, And we have the taste test coming up. Foodie Friday. Uh, Today is uh, National Donut Day. So Neil is coming aboard. We're going to do a blind donut test.
I don't know how many blind donuts you can find out there. I'm about to invite you. John is joining us for that. I just tweeted a picture of all the boxes of donuts from my desk. For whatever reason, my desk is the place everybody put them. Fantastic. I almost locked the door to the office and said, screw it. You guys can do the newscast from now on. That's going to be great. All right. So And so hang loose, John. All right. Ooh. Yum. Have you guys seriously never heard of donuts? Would you kindly pass me a donut? Donut? What's a donut? <laughs> it's Foodie Friday with Neil Saavedra on The Bill Handel Show. All right. KFI Handel here. And uh, what a fun segment. First of all, I uh, want to remind you uh, that coming up on Saturday, June 16th, Law Day 2018, 9 to 2 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana, over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com, free legal advice in virtually every field of law, and a broadcast of Handle on the Law live there from 9 to 11 o'clock. There'll be free seminars. You win prizes throughout the day. Just log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day. Uh, also sponsored by the Bowers Museum itself. During Law Day, you get a $5 discount to visit all of the exhibits at the Bowers. That's Law Day Saturday, June 16th. Okay, now. And you're live on Instagram right now at Bill Handel. Right, live on Instagram right now at uh, Bill Handel Show. So, John Thomas is here. I'm asking him to hang on. Of course, Neil is here. Yes. uh, Because it is uh, Foodie Friday, and we're doing a special version of Foodie Friday, and that is our blind taste test of donuts, because it's national, yep, national donut day. And just finding blind donuts is uh, not that <laughs> And easy. Wayne is working the camera on right. Instagram. That's correct. And for those of you who don't normally see us, I just want to make it clear. I'm the handsome one in the suit, and John <laughs> is the kind of doughy one in the red shirt. Yeah. Uh, that's I just want to make it easy for you. Fine them. beard I've Yeah. There. Okay. So now, Thank God you're on your fast or right. whatever. <laughs> so can you do uh, real quick the history of the donut? Not that. Okay. Well, you know, there's a couple of things that actually are kind of interesting about the donut. One, the spelling. The traditional spelling is dough, nut, not do nut. And it kind of came later. There was a company that was building a machine that made donuts, and they wanted to shorten it because they wanted an international audience to be able to pronounce it and not go dog, dog nut. Uh, so the, the spelling changes. But one of my favorite stories about the donut is the pink box. Have you noticed that you in Southern California, yes. don't just wipe it out of your brain for two seconds and hear me out on this. You infantile. <laughs> no, please. Oh, my God. Jeez. I mean, please. two seconds into it. Yeah, please. And don't, he's, uh, John's not, not going to co-sign on your stupidity, okay. by the way. <laughs> All right. Now, go ahead. The pink box. You're right. It's, it's always so you box. see them. It, well, you see it in Southern California a lot. So you had th- this phenomenon that is, it's such a Southern California story. You have two refugees, uh, refugees from Cambodia and the Cambodian genocide. They transformed a local donut shop and and that's why a lot a lot of uh you you'll you'll find that you'll have a lot of uh, chinese folks that own uh donut shops because what happens is folks come here right it's cambodians and they become successful and they they call family members and stuff say hey there's a good world here this is how you do it right well the chinese color of luck is red okay so they wanted red boxes they couldn't get the color right. It kept coming out pink, and it was too expensive to produce the deep, deep red. So they go, ah, pink will do fine. <laughs> now you are in Southern California in Hollywood territory. 
movies, television shows, every time they showed a donut shop, it had pink boxes, so everyone copied it. Oh, isn't that? Isn't that nuts? Yeah. So just the just the fact that you're here in Southern California, you're you're here in the Hollywood area, you do something like that, it's a mistake even, and then all of a sudden now bakery boxes. You go, you get a cake or something. Yeah, they're all bank. They're all pink. Let me explain this to John real quick. A cake is something uh, that yeah. normal people oh, eat. That's true. Okay, just wanted to make sure. I also love donuts rolls in pop culture. The Simpsons, uh, synonymous with police officers. I mean, they're, they're the but you know why a lot a of those things. Uh, the police officers is because um, back in the day you had cops on these long shifts. One of the only meals they could get twenty four hours is donuts and coffee. So it becomes synonymous with it because in the movies, that's how they depict it. Again, that kind of stereotype gets pushed because of the film industry. All right. Here's what you know. Well, first of all, I have a question before we go uh, and we'll take a break and then come back and do the actual taste test. Uh, and that is, why do people pay money for donut holes? It's nothing. There's nothing there because it's a hole. You, you, no, you do actually pay. You, act, strangely enough, that's the actual donut. Is that what we call donut holes? It's the little that little nut that comes out of there. The belief is at some point a 16-year-old used a tin, a spice tin, to cut the hole in. And there's a couple versions of the story. One of which it was too do- doughy in the inside and didn't like it. Um, and two, he was uh, a, 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 a fisherman or something, and while sailing, could put it with a circle in it, could put it on the posts of the steering wheel. So you're telling me that the outside, the donut that we eat is simply the crust of the hole? Yeah, originally. My mind it, is blown. It was, it was right. originally a, a whole thing, and the donut right. was Danish. I think it was called like oily cakes or something, or Dutch. And, and right. they came and they brought it to uh, what is now New York, and then it, the popularity grew. But the one that we have now is primarily right. American. We're going to take a break, uh, and uh, we're going to go to Jen. And then in uh, when we come back... The blind taste test of donuts, and we're and we're and we are Instagramming this uh, live right at this point at Bill Handel Show. Uh, so I'm going to scoop your eyes out with a spoon. Yes, and a okay. hot spoon because I'm it. not, you know, a right, barbarian. We'll be, and we'll be back. Uh, KFI AM 640. And there. All, all right, KFI Handel here. And uh, the morning crew on a uh, Friday, June 1, and it is National Donut Day. And so uh, Neil has come in with a bunch of donuts, and we're doing a blind uh, taste test. So we had a handful of people bring from different regions right. different donut All places. Right. So uh, we're back live on Instagram at Bill Handel Show. So, gentlemen, if you would put your blindfolds on. Bill. <laughs> This is uh, this is not Jesus. What a big head! Are you? You're not talking to me, right? Uh, <laughs> no, is this working? Uh, okay, I can't see anything. I can't see a thing. I yeah. You know what? Uh, this is. Damn it! All right, I'll just hold it. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, then uh, Alex, you're going to give us taste number one, donut number one. We're going to see which is the best local donut. Okay. Are these all uh, uh, one particular style? Yes, it's all original glazed donuts. All okay, original here we glazed go. donuts. All right. And uh, here is donut number one. Is somebody feeding me? Oh, How my gosh. It's on the plate. Uh, you it's like magic. Mm. Uh, okay, so it's got a traditional feel, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, feels like a glazed donut. Right, a little bit dry. Um, yeah. It has a 
a nose, a uh, little tannin in there. Chewy. Blueberries, a uh, little bit of a, a hint <laughs> What's of the matter with you? Uh, a hint of oak. I'm getting notes of gluten. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a, a yeah. basic donut. It's it's okay. Yeah, it's a basic donut. It's little a basic dry. Basic donut. Yeah, a little, a little dry. dry. Okay, that was number one, uh, which is not going to be number one. Okay, uh, all right, swap them out. You know, we have to have this uh, prepared. I don't even know what time it is. All right, Neil and John both have. Okay, we still okay. have a few minutes. Okay. Ooh, this one's much more pillowy. Smells great. There you go. Okay, here we go, and here's donut number two. This one has a little bit of a vanilla. Mmm. This yep. is good. Yep. It's there's no dryness you know, this, to it. This is a Krispy Kreme. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, we're not doing Krispy Kreme. Oh. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, um, it is very nice. I won't talk about politics, John, if you don't talk about donuts. Okay. <laughs> you know, it, it tastes a little bit like uh, a glazed donut. It's uh, very nice. Yeah. Matter of fact, they're all it, glazed donuts. Excellent. Nice, nice chew that, on that, that one. Very nice chew. One, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay, number three is some kind of John Peel. Number three and. Uh, Wow, this one's uh, okay. This one's decidedly this is, larger. This is meaty. Oh yeah, yeah, this is a big donut. Yeah, oh, that's huge. Look at the size of that thing. <laughs> Never mind. I'm you know what? Go this is pretty good. I've too. heard that before yeah, many exactly, times. Okay. This one has a slight floral note. <laughs> yeah, I said it. That might be my favorite, actually. It's close it's, between it's two not, and three. The other one tastes too much like a squishy pillow. Hmm. No, this. How many pillows have you eaten? <laughs> Don't answer. Very that. nice. Okay. Or, um. Yeah, it's close between two and three, and we only have three to test, right? Uh, you got five. Oh my God! Oh my okay, Lord. let's do. Okay, let's do it. But we have to do this quickly. Okay. Let's go to number four. Number four. Four is also really nice, chewy, okay. pillowy, you know, oh, great flavor. It's got a little more glaze to little it. Little rubbery to me. I agree. Little tiny bit rubbery. Do you like rubber? Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, and another one in my hand. Mm -hmm. Oh, that this was number really five. Mm. Okay, number five. That definitely had a very vanilla taste. There's nothing subtle. There was nothing mm. subtle about that one. Okay, this is mm. number five. Uh, number five's good. Yeah. Yeah, good solid donut. Yeah, it was not spectacular. Fine. It's not number three. Okay, uh, between two and three. Yeah. Two and three. Yeah. Uh huh. Is there another one on the? Nope, it's only okay. five. Sorry. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go <laughs> with. I'm gonna go with number two. Two. Yeah. yeah. What's yours? Uh, I'm gonna go with number two as well. Interesting. And John, what's your choice? Three, hands down. All right. Well, the winner between you guys is what Neil brought from Kettle Glaze. And number three is Voodoo Donuts. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, that uh that number two, that the the vanilla in there is excellent. Yeah. Right. Okay, I think we're uh good enough. It. So uh, what was uh, so the... I brought uh, kettle glazed, uh, which is there on Franklin Boulevard, right by the 101 freeway. Yeah, and it's a fantastic small coffee shop. It was packed this morning. They have, uh, in my opinion, one of the best croissant style donuts, mm -hmm. which is often called the Cronut, um, although I think that's trademarked. They have fantastic donuts, and they're all fresh made. And what wonderful what. Now I don't look cool anymore. Yeah. What's wrong? With uh, I mean, by the way, as an aside, I want to congratulate Foster Donuts for being the worst donut <laughs> by a long is shot. That, yeah. <laughs> I'm in glycemic shock right now. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Voodoo Donuts there on City Walk is also fantastic. Yeah. They're out of Portland. Um, they do a nice job. And when they're donuts, when you get them nice and fresh, they're just really lovely. All right, that's so National uh, Donut Day. I'm assuming, are you going to do uh, donuts on uh, Saturday, tomorrow? We'll talk a little bit about it. Um, we'll talk about making them 
And but we've got a bunch of stuff to get into tomorrow. You know, yesterday was National Kafefi Day. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I celebrate right. every year. I got my okay. Kafefi tree and All right. Before <laughs> Shannon comes aboard in just a second, just a, a quick uh, couple of things, business things. Uh, tomorrow, uh, of course, Neil is on uh, from two to five o'clock with the Fork Report. John. Thomas, the Thomas Guide, is going to be with us the day after the election to talk about how many of his candidates lost. <laughs> and uh, on Monday, my voter guide, <clears throat> with the same rules, if you ever actually follow my voter guide, you're fired as a KFI listener, and I know who's listening. Okay? So you can't use it. And uh, Shannon. Yes, you, you sir. You want some donuts? Uh, I'm good right now. Yes. You just offered her your used donut. Yeah, well, yeah. Is... I was trying to be polite about yeah, it. You, I, like, I can see the I'm tea marks and the saliva just... <laughs> oh, on that you, donut. Right, used food. <laughs> Spray it with Lysol first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does it hurt you, John, to even look at the donut? Yeah, I'm actually in shock. Right, yeah. like, like for you to look at a donut, you have to be doing your CrossFit routine at the same time. I did burpees during the break yeah, in okay. preparation. Awesome. So. <laughs> All right, what do you have going, Shannon? Okay, uh, the guy finally moves out of his parents' house at 30. 30 years old and gets into a fight over toys. We've got a new warning for Hawaii in regards to that volcano. Also, all Americans, just like Roseanne, seem to be one bad tweet away from being fired. Take that as a challenge, Handel. Don't do it. Oh, no, you're right. No, you're right. It's it's really easy for us. Well, to be and fired. here's the thing about Twitter. It's like everybody's race to be the most outrageous, right? That's what Twitter's all about. Get the most likes and say something that would just blow the tops off things. And that's a problem. Yeah, you, you you get to be in a lot of trouble. Okay, are we, uh, uh, we're on Instagram still? And uh, people, uh, if people want to see this, uh, they're just going to go to Instagram and that's going to be available forever, right? <laughs> all this, tech, forever, all this technology stuff. Hey! Yeah, in a, in a thousand years, they're going to be watching this going... Wow. Right. What That's an true. amazing race. Yeah. Used to be. And Barbara's doing uh, uh, Instagram that we're putting on our Instagram handle at home. I don't know if you've seen any. Oh, God help us. Oh, yeah. No, it's actually. Yeah. Oh, I particularly like the scratch cam. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's time to go. It is time to go. Coming up, uh, Gary and Shannon on this Friday, National Donut Day. Uh, Shannon, have a good show. Thank you, sir. KFI AM 640.